Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. You go or me? Well, I better get mine in now. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is our running joke. We're not take over. Okay, <laughs> go on. We met at the famous or infamous Roscoe's Waffles and Chicken. You always say it backwards. It? Chicken, chicken and waffles. waffles. Yeah, yeah. Roscoe's Chicken We've and been waffles. going there for 35 years. You've been saying 35 waffles years ago. and chicken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And, uh... January the, the, the original yeah. the original one up on on God giving you a big plug Roscoe I mean to tell you and anyway, anyway, that's 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 where we met and uh, she was sitting there uh, eating uh, the number nine I think it mm -hmm. was yeah as was I and it was just chicken wing, wings and now it's called the Obama special. now it's called the Obama yeah. special mm -hmm. yes it is the number nine at any rate, there she was sitting, and uh, I was sitting across from her, and she was eating, and I was enjoying the view. She was swinging these beautiful legs that she sports, and uh, she said, Are you just going to uh, stare at my legs, and you're going to buy me lunch? And I said, Can I do both? And she said, I wish I would have ordered a milk because I was a starving student. <laughs> I was getting my master's degree. I was broke. And I stopped in Roscoe's to get my number nine for $3.66. I think now it's like $15. Yeah, I couldn't afford it. Inflation is terrible thing. Yeah. At any rate, that's, that's how, we how we met. And that was 35 years ago in January. There you have it. I was getting my master's degree from Cal State LA, so I was in my final semester. So I was 21, and we're 13 years different, so he was 34. And were you I over was, 34? Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. yes, Okay, cool. okay. <laughs> yes, believe it or not, I was once 34 years old. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, embarking on a new life as a single man. Uh, it was after a marriage and um that's where we were in our life at that time and that's when we met he was doing a series you were doing what manimal i think or something yeah and you had just finished doing some other movie i'd seen but no i knew who he was plus i read um you know tabloid magazines and stuff so i thought he was still married but i didn't know so 21 years old, mm -hmm. you see a 34 year old possibly and a, married right, yeah. man. And, and also, kind yes. of same. Bra brazen. Yes. brazen. No, 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 no. Come on right, now, yeah. tell the truth. Brazen, what yeah, happened? Now? Well, here's what happened. All right, so we had the lunch, and uh, there she was. I, said, I kept saying to myself, "Who is this young lady here? She's kind of, kind of young, you know." And uh, we went outside, and she got into a Mercedes Benz. 
and drove up. I said, wait a minute, hold, hold, hold. Who are you? <laughs> How old are you? And who, who I said, she was, you were 21, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because you asked me what did my mother and father do? Yeah, I said, yeah, right. What is, whose car is this? Yeah, whose car? This is my car. I bought this car. You bought this car. I said, you, said I'm a real estate they, agent. They, she, I'm getting my master's right. degree. She was working on a master's. And I live and she had have her an own, apartment. She had her own place right. and the whole deal. And owned my condo. And, and, yeah. and <laughs> she knew who I was, so she was, she was very self-assured. Very self-assured, and I, I was intrigued by that, you know. Um, I had a little clouded at the time, you know, and uh, so I was saying I was intrigued by the fact that she was so self-assured and uh, so comfortable in her skin, you know. And um, I gave you my real estate card because mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, I could, he might be a good client. And I gave him my card, and that was it. You called... A few weeks later, and... I was a busy man. Yes. That was only a couple of weeks later. <laughs> and that's when I wouldn't... Well, you said, um, we should meet for lunch or some, something. And I was like, well, you know, I sell real estate. Are you interested in real estate? Yeah. Because I thought he was still married, and I wasn't going to mess oh. with a married man. So. Well, I, so, I was not. Right. But I didn't okay. know this. All right. At any rate. So we went back and forth like this for months. Yeah. And he finally asked me one night when he called me, he said, how come you keep avoiding me? And I told him, because I don't mess with married men. I know that you're married. And he said, don't you read <laughs> these magazines and stuff? <laughs> and I said, well, why? And he said he had something to tell me, but he could only tell me face to face. And I, at that point, I had never given him my address. We had never met up for drinks, never went out or anything, because I always had an excuse. <laughs> um, and he was busy. And I gave him my address because he sounded serious about saying something to me to my face. So uh, he was down the street, not too far from where I was living. And he knocked on the door, I opened up the door, and he pointed his finger in my face and he said, don't you know if I was married, I'd have never tried to talk to you? And closed the door. I didn't hear from him for months. Pretty good move, huh? <laughs> and then I heard of him doing a play at Inner City Cultural Center, which he was such a big part of C. Bernard Jackson's fabulous Inner City. And... I'm late for everything. I mean, he'll tell you that, our daughter will tell you, everybody will tell you. I drove up to go see this play that he was doing, this one-man show called Proud, 40 minutes early to the play. I said, I did not want to miss him. I want to come see him in this play because now he won't call me back. He doesn't answer my calls. As a matter of fact, I called his number. It was changed, everything. So I said, God, did I really hurt his feelings or something? But I was trying to say when he left that night, oh, well, that makes a difference. Come back. But he was gone. And I went to, I pulled up for the play. And guess who pulls up right behind me? Kismet. And he said, I recognize that car. I thought that was you. And he said to me, wait for me after the show. That was it. I called person I was dating at the time. I said, we might as well break up right now because I met the man I'm going to marry. After, after the show and spending time together, you said no. Then? Before, yeah, 
quick. What you say? Because of the way he said to me, wait for me after the show, I just knew that was it. And so I I called my friend and I told him we might as well stop dating or whatever because I met the man I'm going to marry. I proposed to her 10 years later. We were together for 10 years. Having come out of two marriages, I had no plan whatsoever to ever tie the knot again. And one evening, and she, we had discussed. But marriage. we had a kid. Had, yeah, yeah, we had, we had, <laughs> we had, we had, had D. Yeah, we had, we had our daughter. <laughs> we had our daughter in that in that interim. And uh, we, we had discussed. We had discussed marriage, you know, upon occasion, you know, one, once or twice. And we we had our daughter together, and we're living together. And um, I went out one evening. Me and a partner of mine, we went mm-hmm. out to a club, grabbed a drink, looked around, looked around. Another boring evening. Came home. She was in the bed reading as she does at night, hair and rollers, and stuff all over her face. I was reading the D too. You know, and had on you. You know what y'all, after the honeymoon is over, you know what y'all be wearing after, <laughs> after the honeymoon. Real clothes. Yeah, real. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's sitting there, she's reading it, and he turned the page, she's reading And it just came out of my mouth. I, I don't know how that happened to this day. I don't know how I opened my mouth. I knew that. And the words, will you marry me, came out of my mouth before I, and she said, what? And they came out again. And she turned the page and she said, are you serious? And the words came out of my, yes, I'm serious. And she said, get down on one knee. And I did it. And she said, ask me again. (laughs) And I did it. And that was 25 years ago. I don't know, because we just didn't talk about it. I mean, you know, we were fine. We were content. We had our kid. I wanted a kid. So we had that. And I didn't want things to get messed up, though, because we were fine Mm -hmm. and comfortable and happy. And I understood him being a little shy with marriage. So I was fine with that. Was there ever a time in the 10 years that you were like, I want to get married. Why, why are we not doing that? Or Oh, that was early on. And then, um, you know, he told me his feelings about that. And I just said, well, I, I do want a kid, though. You kind of uh, realize at some point that you're happier with the person that you're with that it makes more sense for some reason or other. That it's, that you're clearer in thought and presence than when you're not with that person. And if you come to that realization that it makes only sense if you're an intelligent human being to do whatever you can to be with that person. What was it about marriage versus just, this is great and I love you, 
I don't know, probably because I probably deep in, down inside probably always wanted to get married and was hesitant, you know, about having a kid without being married. But, you know, I felt like this was my soulmate. So after a point, I guess it was, what difference does it really make? But it was better, you know, knowing that we were going to get married. So we jumped the boom. Jumped the broom. Mm -hmm. What did we do? We did. We, we jumped, jumped the broom. The broom. Yeah. That's literally what we that's did. Literally, that's literally, it's hanging up it's there. It's hanging up there. Yeah, yeah we just it's jumped. Like, we went over to Catalina Island with 25 friends. I mean, 25 family and a couple of friends. Huh. And Dee was the flower girl and our Justin was ring bearer. And that was it. Mm. Mm, I think we're very different, don't you? Yeah, in a lot of I think, similar ways. Yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> that makes I think sense. we enjoy a lot of things, similar things, but I think that we're, oh, I think we're pretty different. But I think that's what works for us because, yeah. We're both space oriented. By that I mean that's we good. both that's enjoy, we both enjoy our space. Yeah. Um, she's comfortable in my celebrity, uh, trust me with my gregarious and friendly position in terms of greeting my fans and so on and so forth, never, never questions that, uh, allows me that, that, uh, comfort in that, which is so much a part of my life. And, uh, at the same time as... Uh, we like, we have two different, two homes that we share, but it's easy for her to say, you know, isn't it time for you to go to the ranch, you know, or it's easy for me to say, I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that, I think, has been a, a big part. Oh, no, oh, we oh. just know when it's time to have a few days in between or a couple of days. Even if it's just a weekend or an overnight, it's, I don't know how people can live, work, and be together all the time, because we really do enjoy our space life. You know, the wonderful thing about she's such an educated woman, you know, and her, her master's degree is in black, uh, black studies. So she was aware of a lot of the things that were of interest to me in particular, the contributions of the uh, blacks and Hispanics to the settling of the American West, which uh, so that being in that lifestyle, though she wasn't physically astute to it, she was intellectually astute to it. So it didn't take much for her to understand where I was coming from with what that was all about and practicing it. That was a good fit and it, it has worked as a result of, in terms of what we've been able to develop with Camp Giddy Up, which is one of our, our foundation in which we uh, try to educate others to the same contribution that the uh, people of color have made. She's also has a teacher's credential and uh, we can we can practice what she teaches, you know, and to, to young people. So we've, we've managed through it all, the ups, the downs, the positives outweigh the negatives. The ability to work as partners and move forward and get things done 
contribute not only to our own households and our own lifestyles, but to contribute to the community at large. You know, she's very into that. I'm into that. And um, I think we, we uh, are bonded. It makes the bond even stronger because it's not just about us. That's true. How do we get from having an issue, a problem, friction, or anything, or butting heads, to laughing? Whenever people ask, what, how do you guys last as long as you have 25, 35 years together? I do say, probably more than anything, is we still laugh at each other. We still laugh with each other. And also, we try not to dwell on... Now, I mean, I'm a nag. I can nag. I, I can bring stuff up and things. And it's not fair most of the time because he's pretty patient with stuff like that. But we try not to be mad at each other too long. Well, you know, we try to work better. We just have to learn to get over stuff. Early on... When your husband goes, you're nagging me or whatever it is. And you're like, no, I'm not. Come on. Oh, I still say that. But but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know that, you know, some things, God, just let it go. Why are you even mentioning that? You know, he knows he has to do that or he said he was going to do that. Why are you even bothering him about that? And so I know I, I could be a little pain in the butt. But what about Can't it? I know. I think the crux of it all has been, and it's just like that for people in whatever, it's how badly you want it. You know, we're amazing. Human beings are amazing, you know, and one of the amazing things is, uh, attributes of a human being is the ability to, to forgive, too. <laughs> well, yes, to forgive, but for to what purpose? To the ability to create or make or manifest what it is they want. You know, how do we get out of slavery as a people? We want it to. Out of the whole history, the whole story of it, the bottom line, the root of it is we want it to get out of it. How do you make a marriage last this long through all of the turbulation and all the trials and all the different personalities that people have in themselves? Because we all have several different personalities in themselves. J.D. Walker, the boss talker, the water walker. We all have different personalities. But the key ingredient to it is we want to be together over all the other crap, you know, we want to be with one another, you know, and if you want to bad enough, you find a way to get what you want. That's how you stay together is you don't agree with everything. You're not supposed to. I mean, I think if two people are just too similar, I don't know if that will really work. I think there has to be a little... You know, that's what makes us individuals. Uh, you know, we have to have our own personalities and yeah. flaws and 
needs and wants and disagreements. And if you want to marry yourself, stay alone. Yeah. And now people are doing that. Did you hear? People are now marrying themselves. What? Oh, with the whole full garb and everything. Women well, are giving themselves. Well, but anyhow, um, but you can find your soulmate. Well, our, our biggest differences came in age difference. You know, that 12, 13 years difference uh, is enough to create a generational different train of thought in terms of how you raise children, how you approach mm -hmm. things. You know, I'm from an old school and uh, had already raised uh, a, a young a family from a young man. So my concept of what is the proper way or the the way to go about raising a, a child and hers completely different <laughs> and she's educated you know I'm, I'm not you know uh, you know i went to the university of hard knocks you know i can't i, I can't even read in the daytime because i went to night school and so <laughs> so our, our approach to things are different you know uh so it, it has those are some of the areas in which uh you know you see frictions or misunderstandings or that are can present, present yeah. big obstacles. It's very real. And just, you know, discipline-wise, I'm just, I was just a lot easier and lenient with things. But like he says, he was raised in a different household, a different era. Um, and, you know, you didn't, kids weren't a part of an adult conversation or around and even in the room when you're talking about things but now I know I'm from a different generation where you know I would have my daughter with us everywhere and you know she could hear certain things or too much and I I know that that could be an issue and I understood where he was coming from but he also somehow understood where I was coming from how do I compromise when I don't agree with her? Depending on the issue, first of all, I've learned it's cheaper to keep her. Okay, so let's go there. This, <laughs> proving this point out or, 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 or proving that my point is more valid than hers could take us down a path that's a slippery slope that's going to cost me in the long run. <laughs> You know, so I also know that we don't really need what they need. Like a friend of mine says, you understand it better when you realize you don't speak woman. You know, I don't speak woman. I don't speak that language. I don't know. They have a whole mm -hmm. nother language, you know, women have. So don't even try to learn the language you know the, the, it's just like it's just like as much as i know about spanish i know see 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 por favor see see por favor and i'm speaking spanish that's as much woman as i speak yes yes darling yes you know until, until it's you know your back is up against the wall but the the, the trick is to maneuver so that your back doesn't get up against the wall, you know? It is, it's a compromise. And you, some things you just have to let it go. Why do y'all make it so hard for us? That's not the point. The point 
because that's our job. It's our job is to make things hard out of that <laughs> because we have a whole different brain and mentality. We see things totally the opposite of what you see something at. And he, because of his wisdom and his life experiences and age, he has learned to come to the understanding and realization, this is just how it is. And I think that really helps. It helps me, it helps our marriage. Because I think he does, you know, hold back a lot. Yeah, I think yeah, we have yeah. roles in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love to cook. Yeah, great so, cook. Oh, see, and I'm not going to mess that up. So <laughs> my relaxation is coming home, mm -hmm. getting a glass of wine and yeah. cooking. Yeah. Or making a martini or whatever mm -hmm. I do. But I enjoy it. And he's so appreciative, it seems like. I mean, he... Glenn has never, I can't even remember, maybe once or twice he might say, oh, babe, this is a little salty. Are, are you feeling okay today? Because this isn't your best. But that was probably twice out of 35 years. Two or three times he might have said, mm, this wasn't your best or something. Because I love to cook and I think I'm a pretty good cook. Very good. And I don't use recipes. And so I just create. And we only eat fish and chicken products and so. I just make all kinds of things with that, but he waits here so patiently. I, sometimes I have to work late or I go to meetings or I'm volunteering somewhere and I'll come home or call and say, "Hun, be sure to eat if I didn't have anything left over. And he'll just say, oh wait. And he, it could be 9, 30, 10 o'clock and he'll be sitting here still waiting and I'll whip up something because I cook kind of fast most of the time. And He'll just say it was worth the wait. And I'll say, how come you didn't just go out and get something? You'll say, because it's not going to taste as good as this. So, you know, he's very complimentary with that. So, yeah, so my role, I love doing that. I love washing clothes. I love all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm a hoarder, so I'm not <laughs> good with uh, letting stuff go, but I'm trying to get better because it drives our daughter nuts and it drives him nuts. And so that's my new thing. I'm really working on purging and getting rid of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that will actually make our marriage even stronger and happier. Because mm -hmm. he will do it. Once I went to Thailand and I came back home. Was it Haiti or Thailand? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I came home and he had cleared out the garage or the basement. Mm -hmm. And I almost had one of those kind of breakdowns with people who really have a problem with throwing stuff away. Mm -hmm. And I would like to. But, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He just said, it's done. It's done. You, you don't miss any of that. And he was right. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what was in there. Or what. But, okay. Yeah, I know. You don't have to say anything. Your grunts and stuff say it all. Yeah, my brother? Mm -hmm. Oh, just a little. Just a little. And then his role, you know, he's such a good provider. I mean, you know, he, he has provided and has done this particular sole job of the movie business and the entertainment industry and that's been able to totally take care of our family and I work too but you know he's made it very comfortable for me 
And then he, you know, he likes to golf and rodeo. I don't like to do those things. I mean, I go to the rodeo. I'll go to a golf tournament, especially if there's, you know, little frills and extra things for me to do, but and a spa where we're at or something. But but again, it's one of those things where she doesn't. She's not the kind of. Well, you're going. I'm going with you. You know, I'm going to play with you. you. Got a space? Go do that. You know, hang, smoke cigars, and do my thing. You know. Now, when we go to Cuba, we smoke cigars together. Yeah, which is cool I like too. to smoke yeah, cigars. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I grew up with, uh, uh, in a uh, single-parent household. My mom was a single parent. Uh, I didn't get to meet or know my father until my early teens. You know, I had a good relationship from with him from that point on. Um, but basically, it was just my mom and I, you know, and uh, I was a supporter of the of the family from an early age, getting into show business as, as, as early as I did, and so I always took that role uh, of uh, provider very seriously, you know. So I didn't have that, other than I had my aunt and uncle, my mother's sister and her husband who was the man figure in my life whom I really based my whole continence on you know he was a, a military man you know and uh, took his his job very seriously as provider for his family you know so I uh, I think I based any knowledge of what that that was supposed to be about with him, you know, and he's the one that I had the talks with and knew what to, to look out for or what to accept or expect, you know. Just it took time to incorporate those various degrees of that wisdom that he imparted on me, you know. And I loved his aunt and uncle too. I'm so glad that they lived long enough to where, you know, Glenn moved them here from New York and bought them a house and stuff and he was he was a man's man you know he was a father he was a role model and so was his aunt you know she was just you know he lost his mom at a young age too so you know they wore his step-ins and you know really taught him um, with me, I had a very strong uh, mother. Yes, she loves her Glenn. Oh boy, she's like, if anything ever happened to you, I'm with Glenn. My mom's <laughs> almost 90. My mom is still healthy as a horse and active and sees better than I do, walks better than I do, you know. So um, she's Jamaican and I've always, I always had a stepfather, but I was never close with the stepfather until he passed away too. So it was me, my sister and my two brothers and uh, my mom and my stepfather, but because my dad passed when I was a baby. But my mom and my dad had that bond, that special marriage until he died. And so she kept him in me and my sister and my brother's lives by always talking about what a good man he was and things that he would have wanted us to know and how to be as adults. And so, so even though I didn't have um, a strong, you know, 
step parent. I was raised with two adults in the household. And my mom, she was strong, so she taught us what we needed to know. Well, but insert the term independence, yeah, you know, independence. It's, it's, like I said, one of the first things that was as beautiful as she is, the thing that heightened that beauty at that young age when we, she, she, that she was when we met was the, the recognition of this independence, you know, that she was self-sufficient, that she was about doing for herself, you know, had a sense of knowledge and she gets that from her mother. You know, and when I once I met Dottie, you know, <laughs> said, oh yeah, and you know she's Dottie, and I, that's my girl, you know. So she's, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a city slicker, but I'm a country boy at heart. So I'm 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 a I'm a farmer, and I like working with the land and with my mm -hmm. hands and so on and so forth. And uh, and her mother is the same way, and so it helped her not to be screamish no. around things you know in the in the in the, in the country and you know uh, so she's you know she's comfortable I like camping to fish. or fishing she's or definitely. going out yeah. and doing things in nature and not worrying about things that city women will worry about you know i'm a city girl now she, she is, so she's a girly girl girly girl she's a girly but, girl she'll fish in this yeah i'll fish in my she'll house she'll yes. fish in what she's got exactly on. but she will fish and i'll catch the biggest <laughs> fish of the day yeah matter of fact i have a marlin uh, in there that she, i caught she, yeah caught, she pulled it in but at the same time you know yeah. i think because uh, yeah, of mom because yeah. of her mother and that she's uh not afraid to get her hands dirty it, it's so funny that yeah. you mentioned Ozzy and Ruby. I'm going to mm -hmm. let Glenn talk to you because, I mean, that's his upper, that's his life. So, well, it's 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 what she's referring to, what Joanne is referring to in relation to your question about Ozzy and, and and Ruby, and how it pertains, why you see so many pictures of them here, uh, is the relationship uh, that we have from my being in the original production of A Raisin in the Sun and creating the role of Travis on Broadway with Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee and Lou Gossett and, and the wonderful works that a young woman by the name of Lorraine Hansberry wrote in terms of what our relationships were to one another and what were the struggles, what was the cement, what did we have to overcome and what was the importance of that? So having grown up with that literature as a part of, 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 of my ex early childhood experience and it, seeing it portrayed both on stage and off stage by these iconic figures that you mentioned, uh, Ozzie Davis came in to take over for Sidney Poitier once he left the production. So they were literally my moms and mom and dad you know of, which uh, uh, we carried that relationship until the day that they both passed for the rest of the world to know since we are an importer or an exporter of images for the rest of the world to get a glimpse of our knowledge of that part of ourselves is extremely important. And it was no better carried out than between these two people, Ozzy and Ruby. Especially for young people such as yourselves 
to see that, and you have hands-on experience because of the media that you're in, uh, to see that they, they contradict the fables that have been portrayed in terms of us not caring for each other, not loving each other. We're not angels, we're not saints, we're human beings, and we're guilty and innocent of all charges. Uh, but let's not negate or leave out any of the, the, the wonderful, wonderful love and the bonds mm -hmm. that we as a people haven't gone through an extremely, extremely unique experience in this country. And we don't have to go into all of that. But to have us come through it at any phase of it with our loved one and what that all entails is uh, uh, not only important, it's biblical. Uh, we don't know anything about dating anyway. <laughs> I, 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 I sympathize and bless you guys who have to date and stuff because I, it's a different thing now. It's, you know, because social media has changed the whole game. You know, computers, online stuff, social media. It's just, we didn't have that. We didn't even have cell phones. So we had to just call each other on the phone and say, hey, let's meet at Roscoe's or let's uh, meet at the park or whatever. And I think that that, people had to look at each other. People had to talk to each other. I think that's so much more important. I really think that's what's missing a lot from dating today. And I feel for people trying to get to know each other because they're really getting to know each other by doing this. I, I don't know. I, 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 I agree. And yet I try to put it in the context of the time and what's really different about it. And if you think about it, you know, there used to be male brides. <laughs> That's true. Really? You used to send away for a bride, you know? And then uh, you get to know them. And then you get to know them at whenever they came, whenever they arrived, or you got to look in a catalog uh whatever and that's how the west was populated actually mm -hmm. you know in this country and that's still kind of how it goes on in many countries yeah. around the world probably now sped up because of social media but it's the same thing there's an inter there's a device in between the connection that being said i think this the the thing that has changed and i think for a good thing is the place of the woman. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I think that women, and especially like in reference to my our, our daughter, being in a place of being accepted for who she is ahead of time, being accepted for uh, the recognition of contribution to society ahead of time, speaks volumes to the progress of, our, of, our, of mankind. You know, it's the higher she goes, the higher we go. There's a very powerful leader in, who has said that we only become as high as our women who elevate us. If we hold them down, that's as high as we go. We raise them up, the sky is the limit.
depending on how we, how we raise them up. You can't get stuff done without women. It just it is not going to happen. It's just very, very clear, very simple. You know? With that being said, I think that the, the, the dating thing will work itself out at all times in every particular stage of the development of mankind. It always has, you know, because there's no getting around it. It's just a matter of how high do we go? How high do we recognize each other? How high do we do we observe the, the, the need for one another? I still wouldn't want to be dating today. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. <laughs> but I think that they do it well and our daughter does it well, so <laughs> I guess. What's your favorite thing about being married to her? <laughs> Well, she already mentioned one of them. Boy, she can cook. <laughs> she, she, she can cook. She can cook. But I, I, I like that she lets me be me. She, she likes Glenn Terman, I think. What's your least favorite thing about him? My least favorite? He can be a little jealous. I'm not a jealous person, so. and that can drive me nuts sometimes because I'm a friendly person. But, um, least favorite is probably not sharing sometimes his feelings, but I think that's a male thing, and I'm always trying to get it out of him until it irritates him. Like I said, I didn't want to talk about that, but. Oh, that's what you get being an old nigga. <laughs> hey, come on, Bill Martin just didn't choke You know, he, he's not one, so yeah, he yeah, doesn't have the rights yeah, to say yeah, it yeah. anyhow. But it was funny. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Like I said, I just knew. I knew that this is who I was meant to be with. I didn't think about age or anything else, you know. I, I, it was just something in his eyes. It was, it was something where he looked at me. Was, That's a song. She's Stop it. But I think what it really is, is as much as sometimes I hate it, he's so brutally honest. And that makes me trust him. And if, if I can't trust someone I'm with and it's like a waste of time to me. Him and our daughter both, they are honest to a fault almost of it. But you know, it's a good thing. It's a good quality and trait to have. You guys seem like you're you have a good head together with each other. Um it seems like you guys laugh with each other. You have a beautiful baby that you both love madly. And you like to work together. And so, you know, just make sure you guys have your space, too. That's what I was going to say. I don't know Don't do everything together. Don't do everything together. That would be my advice, too. That's, that's what I would say. Don't do everything together. It's great. I love seeing this. Yeah, we do. Working together. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But don't do everything.